Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Every Rocky Ever, a Colorado Rockies podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Rooftop Network, a Rockies affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. And I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, joined here as always by my older brother, Dustin, and we're back in action once again here. How are things going with school and everything, Dustin? We're back to the grind uh, in the heat, letting it uh, finish out and, you know, high school soccer's in full swing and just watching, actually trying not to watch the Colorado Rockies as much. (laughs) It's a rough goings of it at this point in the season. Uh, But yeah, but that's why we're here. We're here to talk about past Rockies and, we have a, a special episode in this one with the recent news uh, within the last couple weeks of original Rocky Alex Cole passing away. Uh, we thought it'd be good to kind of go back and look at some of these guys who were uh, that have passed away, former Rockies, and you know, kind of look back on their careers and, and you know, talk about them here. But uh, before we do that, Dustin, I actually have a little giveaway noticed here for the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, the company that makes this podcast possible. Uh, they're giving away, since NFL season is right around the corner, uh, we're giving away four free tickets to a week one NFL game of your choice, a value up to $5,000 here, uh, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network. And the rules to enter are simple. Simply go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. Again, that's contest.fans firstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information there. Once you do that, you're automatically and officially registered to win the four free tickets to any week one NFL game. Awesome opportunity here for sports fans and a awesome giveaway here from fans first sports where we're continually growing and an awesome opportunity there. So be sure to go in and check that out. Enter in. Maybe able to go watch your NFL team of your choice for week one, which uh, is pretty exciting. And we're not the biggest football fans in our family, but uh, are the Broncos going to be any good this year, Dustin? Well, it can't be any worse than last year. So hopefully they <laughs> hopefully they can score some touchdowns. Holy cow. Yes. Stay uh, healthy and score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Let's ride. But yeah, so contest.fansfirstsports.com. Be sure to check that out, and you can be entered into the contest to win four free tickets to the Week 1 NFL game of your choice. 
let's get into it. And I think first, Dustin, we'll go ahead and start with the the original Rocky from 1993, the starting center fielder for the Colorado Rockies, one Alex Cole. And uh, we'll go ahead and have you run down his career real quick, Dustin, the breakdown on Alex Cole. All right. Alex Cole, center fielder, batting left, throwing left uh, from North Carolina. He was originally drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 11th round of the 1984 draft. Um, And then again, uh, drafted by the Cardinals in the second round of the 85 draft. And he ended up making his major league debut in 1990. And as a member of the Cleveland Indians, and he would play with the Colorado Rockies for that 93 season. As you said, the starting center fielder for that inaugural season. And he played until 1996. So over his career, he had three years in Cleveland, two years in Minnesota, the one year in Colorado. He spent the year before that with Pittsburgh. And he also spent a year with Boston during his career. Um, you know, and he, as you said before, passed away here in August of 2023. Yeah, so seven year big league career. And you know, if, looking at his numbers, uh, just a nice little solid career for Alex Cole. Uh, looking at his time with Cleveland and Minnesota, you know, he put up some, some good years in a big league uniform across those seven years. Yeah, and, and I only, you know, that's a that's a long time ago, ninety three, thirty years ago, but he was that guy, you know, right behind Eric Young Junior, er, Eric Young Senior, and, um, you know, looking at looking at his stats, uh, you know, had a couple of really, you know, some good years, solid numbers, and I, but I remember. I remember him as as that speedster hmm. um, getting those those stolen bases and, and looking at his career, 148 stolen bases, you know, and in it in all of his numbers, you know, that that season he had the uh one season in, with Cleveland in ninety one where you know he played in 122 games. Uh the ninety-two season he was up at 145 games at the big league level or with Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh, um, 105 games. And then he gets to Colorado as the starting center field of this brand new team playing at mile high stadium. And he got into 126 games, um, 30 home or 30 stolen bases and, you know, solid year to cover all that, uh, you know, in the outfield dirt of, Mile High Stadium with the football field in there too, and and uh, <laughs> Alex Cole, you know some of these older Rockies are these guys that haven't been that didn't play for very long or the one year, just a few games. Uh, it's it's you know we, we can't we're not going to spend all this time talking about all these memories, but of Alex Cole, I'll tell you my one memory of him is in the deck of the inaugural season the deck of cards i've got my alex cole i put them all in like the bat like their order of things <laughs> and there he is <laughs> if it Rocky. wasn't stored away in the garage i would have had it to show the the youtube mm-hmm. viewers <laughs> yeah i'll have to have you pull out some of those sometime but no i you're looking at the pictures of him, his signature thing was those sweet you know, glasses that he was wearing those awesome specs that he that he was wearing, which just screamed '90s baseball, but it's just such a clean signature look uh, for Alex Cole. You can tell the guy had some style. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of cool looking more, further into his his splits. Uh, he hit pretty well on the road in that inaugural season. Uh, had an on base percentage of three sixty five on the road as opposed to a 315 on base at home that season in 93. So he was spectacular hitting on the road, getting on base, 
know, swiping bags. He had about the same amount of swipes there at home and away. Didn't strike out a lot. Drew walks here and there. So a high contact guy, get on base. And you know, it, it's pretty, pretty cool for, again, wasn't the superstar, but a nice solid little career for himself. Just a speedster, get on base, come around to score and help the team out. And I'm looking at his jersey numbers. Wore number five for the Rockies, a number that went on to you know, be connected with some other more high-profile players, but an awesome legacy there with the very first Rocky to wear number five, Alex Cole. Yep, yep. He's in those. He's in the in the books in that special spot. And in case anyone's wondering how he did in his. Rockies debut in their very first game, April 5th. Uh, he went over three with a walk. So not too shabby. And then he slowly progressed from there. But that's how he did his in his first game for the Rockies. But yeah, it's it's solid, solid career for Alex Cole. And you know, it's interesting that he didn't get to stick around further you know, after that 93 season. But you no, know, he, he was got to be there on the ground floor and you know that that entire 93 group had a, a big shoes to fill a tough task of bringing baseball to Colorado and you know the record didn't turn out very well but from what it sounds like the experience for all those players and everybody involved was it was pretty special but and unfortunately so we we do extend our condolences to him and his fan or to his family his loved ones and uh, definitely a tough time. Sometimes they're taking too soon, but you know, he, he did a lot of good in his life and you know, where our thoughts go out to his family during the, this difficult time and Rocky's fans. It's important to go back and look at these guys. Remember, you know, especially the roots, the roots of the, of the team. And Alex Cole was one of those guys. So we move on now to our next player here. Uh, We'll go with this next one. Let's pick up with Joe Kennedy, the left-handed pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. And this one yeah, had some cool stuff in his career, some notable things with the Rockies. And I'll have Dustin now do the rundown here on Joe Kennedy. All right. Joe Kennedy, uh, pitcher, batted right, but through left. Um, he was from California, born in 1979. And he passed away in 2007, really unexpectedly, and really early at only age. He was only 28. Mm -hmm. um, he was he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And I remember anytime I think of Joe Kennedy, my first thoughts: Tampa Bay R Devil Rays. Mm -hmm. um, he was drafted in the eighth round of the 1998 draft um, out of Grossmont College there in El Cajon, uh, California. He made his major league debut in 2001 as a member of the Rays, and he was traded to the Rockies in the 2004 and played from that year. And he went to Colorado and then was traded to Oakland and played there for a couple of years went a real quick stop with the Arizona Diamondbacks and then another real quick stop in Toronto uh, he ended up playing his last Major League Baseball game in 2007 as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays uh, while he's with the Rockies he was number 37 mm-hmm and spent those two seasons, 2004, 2005. So some pretty lean years uh, for the Rockies. But 2004, a very notable season for him that we can talk about here. With 2004, he became the first Rockies starter to have a sub-4 ERA in the history of the team thus far. So 10-year-old club, first time a starting pitcher had a lower than lower than a four ERA, which is wild to think about with a baseball team. Yeah, that's in, and, and for me, 
this 2004, 2005, and halfway through 2006, I wasn't in the country at the time. I was in Peru. And so I do remember Joe Kennedy, if I'm not, wasn't he the, the, was he the opening day starter? I don't know if he was, but I remember Joe Kennedy uh, coming over to the Rockies and thinking, you know, this guy's, you know, he's, he's had some, he, he had, you know, those devil ray teams were terrible to start <laughs> off with, but you know, he, he had a good, he had good build. He had some good stuff. Uh, so I remember, you know, yeah, throw them in there and, and see what they can do. And this is pre humidor days getting into the, starting into it. But I do remember, you know, Dan O'Dowd comes in and starts, he starts wheeling and dealing players all the time. And it seemed at the time, you know, with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, it was always something. You know, I remember when, when Vinny got, Vinny Castilla got sent away and, we had Rolando Arojo and stuff from the Devil Rays. So the Rockies, uh, in the, part of this three-team trade, I always like those ones. They're really interesting. Mm-hmm. The Rockies sent Justin Spire, a, a reliever, to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, the Blue Jays later sent Sandy Nin, minor leaguer, to the Rockies, and Toronto sent Mark Hendrickson to the to the Rays. And so that's how we got him. And it was just quick, you know, year and a half, season and a half. And then the Rockies traded Joe Kennedy and Jay Wittesick to the Oakland A's for one Eric Burns and Omar <laughs> Quintanilla. <laughs> I heard that was one of those that was one of those trades when when I came home. You know, finished being in Peru, and I came back and like catching up and all that I missed. And I was like, Eric Burns was a Rocky. Oh, what the <laughs> heck! <laughs> and uh, Joe Kennedy was the opening day starter in 2005. So okay. after that that strong 2004 season, you know, it's come back and it's looking to be kind of that anchor, at the top of that rotation. And unfortunately, didn't pan out too well there in that 2005 season, but. No, still made 16 starts, posted a 7.04 ERA in 92 innings, uh, and just really struggled with his command. 52 strikeouts to 44 walks, was getting hit hard, 12 home runs. Now, really improved things when he went to Oakland there in 2005. But that 2004 season only went 9-7, and seven, so we, you can always put whatever stock you want to and win-loss record. But a 3.66 ERA, one of his best seasons of his career. Um, made 27 starts, 162 innings, 112 strikeouts to 67 walks, 12 intentional walks. So just a really you know, flash in the pan showing what solid contributing success could be for a Rockies pitcher at Coors Field. And that's about the time when the humidor was starting to come in. Or so, so showing a three six six ERA, you'd take a whole rotation of that in Colorado, and you'd get it done. And (laughs) even looking more kind of that advanced pitching of his career, uh, it's not. There's different ways to be successful at Coors Field, but in that 2004 season, 47 percent ground balls. solid, solid <laughs> production where teams were having trouble. They hit opponents at 265 against him. Weak contact, wasn't giving up a lot of hits and gave teams an opportunity to win. So solid dude, solid pitcher, at least for that one year. And then things kind of struggled after that. But it thing, like you mentioned, it, it's stinks to see a, a guy's career kind of cut short, kind of suddenly, uh, and that he wasn't able to continue on because who knows he at 28 years old he still had several years of you know baseball left in him probably and it's just kind of it's sad to see that a career's cut short um, all of a su- so suddenly and those are always the the tough ones in baseball history when you think of guys like Jose Fernandez or you know, a lot of other guys across the league that just pass away suddenly you know in the midst of their career. 
Yeah, that's the, that's a sad one, you know, with these with with a few of these well these Rockies that we're covering tonight is is you know they were things that you know undetected heart condition you know or something and and it just happens and uh, you know it's it's always sad and it seems like the Rockies there um, with um, you know they had uh, was it McGregor mm-hmm. the you know that that happened around somewhere around that same time ish uh the news of of joe kennedy and and some other other players and it's 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 it is it's very sad that you know their their careers were cut short and you know the their families and stuff that uh you know one day we're here and and then we're not so mm-hmm. then we're here you know remembering them and in those in that uh, little spotlight that there were as part of our Rockies culture or Rockies teams, uh, you know, and that's, it's really cool about Joe Kennedy about that 2004 season, you know, and that's a big deal for an ERA to be under four, uh, any type of pitcher mm-hmm. in Colorado to do that. And he's actually one of those names for, uh, the immaculate grid that I like to, to pop up in there mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, and, and I just remember, like I said before, just his build, it, he looked like he could have gone played, you know, middle linebacker for an NFL team. Mm-hmm. Just a big yeah, kind of blocky thick dude. Yes. And uh, from this, we've mentioned this story before, but, uh, but Brad hop has shared this on, Twitter, uh, back when I we had originally I originally posted about Joe Kennedy, and we mentioned on the podcast before, but it's good to to say it again. But this is from Brad Hop. When one of his memories said, "My first road trip in the bigs, we went to Montreal. I had workout shoes I wore to the field, and he got worn out by coaches and vets for not having dress shoes. <laughs> for some reason, he didn't know why. Next day, Joe Kennedy bought him dress shoes." He was league minimum player taking a rookie shopping. He was a great teammate, lost way too early. Rest in peace, Joe. So it's those kind of stories. We can always talk about the stats and all this. Oh, yeah, he didn't, may not have had one good season or he had a really good season. But to hear stuff from that, from guys that played with him, have those memories and just kind of see who they were as a person and thinking of others and helping, helping a guy out. Uh, those are the cool things to to hear about with these players, and you know, especially thank Brad Hop for for sharing that. But it's a really cool thing. <laughs> He's getting worn out, helps him out, and buys him some shoes, which is really cool. Well, that's what what's awesome. There is is Brad Hop would later on, you know, in his his little career with the Rockies, like superstar for us, and how he says there, Joe Kenny wasn't any superstar, you know. <laughs> You know the um um a minimum rate, you know, kind of contract player, and he took the time, and and that's what we love to hear are these stories of the person. You know, we get wrapped around the stats and this, that, and the other, but it's it's these things that we hear about the person. You know, what does he do? What? How was he outside of baseball, or the kind of person that he was, and that. That's an awesome story that that uh, Brad was able to share. That I think is is so awesome. I'm sure there's probably more stories out there of of that type. You know, grabbing that rookie and be like, "Hey, man, I got you. This is how it is." Because we've all been there. Of you go somewhere and you're completely clueless on how the mm-hmm. culture is and how it. This is correct and this this is expected. And uh, you know, there's times where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, so it's awesome to to hear stories like that, hear about these guys as people, and super awesome dude. It sounds like was a good teammate, and again, yeah, who just lost way too early, kind of kind of suddenly, but you know, for that 2004 season, oh, etched his name in the Rockies Rockies history books. And showed you can be successful at Coors Field. It's possible. 
which is pretty cool to see. Anything else that you have on Joe Kennedy? Nope. I think we're good. I will say he did have one complete game as well in his Rockies career, which those are always fun stats. We never get into them too much, but it's always fun to see guys that throw out complete games because it's so rare nowadays. (laughs) Yep. But that's Joe Kennedy. uh, Lost way too soon, but a solid guy, solid pitcher. And uh, again, I send out our thoughts to all the families in this. He's talking about that we are are celebrating these guys. They they have a spot in, in Rockies history. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But our next one that we wanted to move on to, uh, he had a, a little bit longer stint with the Rockies, and that's Angel Echeverria, uh, who played with the Rockies for quite for a few years in Colorado, a lot of, through the '90s, and he had some. He's had a he has an interesting history in his journey with the Rockies, and we'll get into here. And so, Dustin, you can take it away here for Angel Echeverria. All right, Angel Echeverria, and this is what I always thought of him as, pinch hitter. <laughs> he also played outfield, first base, batted right, threw right. He was born in 1971 in Bridgeport, Connecticut, um, and he passed away in 2020, also in, in Connecticut. He was drafted by the Rockies in the 17th round of the 1992 draft out of Rutgers. Um, he made his major league debut in July 15th, 1996 as a member of the Colorado Rockies. And he played for the Rockies from 96 until the 2000 season and then went over to the Brewers and then the Chicago Cubs. Uh, his last major league, um, appearance was in 2002, um, with the Rockies he started out with uh, number eleven, and then was number thirty-nine as he as he finished out his career there with the Rockies. So, pretty solid and interestingly enough, Dustin, his career as a Rocky technically started in nineteen ninety-five as a replacement player <laughs> during the ninety during the player strike. And so he played in the second of two exhibition games at Coors Field, the Chris and Coors Field, the first professional games at Coors Field. Angel Echeverria played in those, which is wild to think about. The most time baseball, nobody will talk about those replacement players, but it happened. And so (laughs) he almost crazy times, almost started his career as a replacement player in 1995 for the Colorado Rockies, which is crazy to think about. And we'll, we'll get into this stuff, but like you mentioned the pinch hitter and oddly enough, I can pull on my notes here. Oh, we've talked about you no know, John Vanderwall. We've talked about Seth Smith, we've talked about Jason Giambi, some legendary pinch hitters for the Rockies. 
But Angel Echeverria, pretty good himself uh, during the 1999 season. He tied for the National League lead in pinch hit home runs with four. It tied a franchise record. He led the league with 14 pinch hit RBIs and was sixth with a 319 average as a pinch hitter. So, solid guy coming off the bench. And you think of the name Angel Echeverria, that name itself just doesn't sound like the type of production you'd get out of a guy coming off the bench. But man, he he was you know I I just remember listening a lot of my experience of the early Rockies you know up to when when we had you know satellite TV or whatever and we could actually watch the games it was listening to it on the radio and he was another one Angel Echeverria the big guy coming in off the bench putting good swings on and it's it's crazy looking at those numbers. You know, it was in 96, a 286 average. Then he dipped off to a 250, then a 379. Um, you know, of course, that was only in that was only in 33 plate appearances in 19 games, and he almost batted 400 in that limited limited wow. time. And then that 93, that 99 season of 297, 293, um, and then it, you know, the 2000-years kind of a rough one. Uh, when he was with Milwaukee, he was there at a 256, but then he finished out with Chicago with the Cubs at a 306. So in his seven years as a major leaguer, a 280 average, and coming with a lot of that time being a pinch hitter, that that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming in as a 6'4", 215-pound guy. He was a beast, man. He's just a big old dude. <laughs> and you know, I think it being in in an intimidator at the plate and just putting the bat on the ball. Uh-huh. I, I I say that all the time. You know, even when I coach, just put the ball in play, put the bat on the ball, and good things will happen. Uh-huh. And looking at his career, so he has a batting average on balls in play. So this is basically any ball that's put into the play of field. And so it takes out strikeouts and home runs from like your batting average and stats and stuff. And those at bats and then compiles everything else, balls that are hit into the play of f- field, had a career 308 batting average on balls in play. And specifically in 1999, he had a 308, 98, he had that 400 batted batting average on balls in play. So when he was putting the bat on the ball, good things were definitely happening for Angel Echeverria and no, well, yeah, he dealt with ground balls like everybody else does, but he was ripping line drives and had a good mix of fly balls, a good batted ball profile where he's hitting it to all fields, hitting it in all different ways and getting on base. You know, and, and he, he had turned out a, a solid, you know, a, a short, solid career, uh, with the with those three clubs, but he, you know he was drafted in the seventeenth round of that ninety two draft, so the Rockies' first you know draft, and so there was not a whole lot riding on him, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where it came up about being one of the replacement players. He wasn't one of these big hype, you know, hyped up prospects. Um, he was one of those guys filling out the roster mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, making a, making a good mark in in his career with the Rockies. And so speaking of that 95 season, so it was during the 94 strike that cut the season, the previous season short early canceled the rest of that season. And they were working towards things, but still is kind of getting down to the wire where the season was about to get close to starting. And so, Clubs were looking for replacement players and they were trying to stay away from the top prospects in the organization so they wouldn't, you know, sparing them the wrath of the players' union. Uh, but prospects like Echeverria, who was kind of fringy, you know, not a lot riding on him, those became recruiting priorities and uh, kind of a kind of tough situation for guys like Echeverria and a lot of players where 
they're crossing that picket line, so to speak, but for good reasons in a way. And I think a big part of that, I found one article talking about how the money that came with being a replacement player was important to Echeverria who used the funds to keep his mother in her house in Bridgeport's inner city. Um, so he, he was doing it for the right reasons because you know, guys like that, they need the money. They couldn't afford, especially then, couldn't afford to not be playing, to not get, be getting paid. And be getting paid a little bit more to be a replacement player was probably really enticing. But it came with you know, some things where he, the replacement players were barred from the union. And you know, when the union chief made his annual visit to, to the spring training camps, to the camps to meet with the Rockies players. Echeverria was declined entry to the meeting house or to the meeting in the Rockies clubhouse in High Corbett Field in Tucson, Arizona. He retreated to the Rockies dugout along first base and sat by his by himself, a forlorn figure. Is how the article that I read quoted it. And so, a tough situation. And he ended up playing one game in the exhibitions at Coors Field. I think he got a hit. Uh, it was against the Yankees, and the team won both games against the Yankees. But oh, a tough situation having to navigate that in 1994, 1995. That's, that's, those are crazy to think, um, remembering those those times when baseball just shut down. And, you know, it's always the when there's the work stops and the strikes. It's, oh, man. And then, you know, getting – whoever to play I was like yeah we want baseball but then you're like oh man you know we want, we want to see the stars mm-hmm. um, but um, also Maria after playing in the majors he went over to the Japanese Pacific League just for the year or two and and played a little bit well in the 93 uh, in the t- 2003 season and uh he also um, participated for Puerto Rico in their national team a little bit. And he was another one that, uh, you know, was everything was good. Um, when he passed away, yeah, he, from the reports, he, he was, you know, fighting a, a stomach virus for a while and then uh, slipped and, and fell and hit his head. And that's... Um, you know, how we lost Angel Echeverria, and that was in 2020, so not too long ago. And he was still a big part of the community there in, in uh, Bridgeport and, you know, still from everything, all these articles that I was reading about him is just just a, a, a good guy uh, that, that was caring – uh, kept kept in touch with people um, that that were important to him, you know, throughout his throughout his career. I really talked about one of his buddies from Rutgers that you know out of nowhere he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" and and being there as uh, as a friend for for these people in the story about his about his mom's house and things. Again, that's bigger than baseball. Mm-hmm. The people the people that are playing and Angel Echeverria, he was one of those. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, another one of those guys that, that carved out a nice little career for himself and you know, did all those great things behind the scenes and then contributed some cool things while on the field and in Rocky's history. And you know, all these guys have etched their names in one way or another into the, into Rocky's history and made an impact in one way or another. So no, just a, a really cool thing a career for him. And uh, again, just kind of those, those sad, sad ways to, to lose him. No, kind of all of a sudden type of thing, but solid career for Angel Echeverria and a big dude, fearsome guy at the plate and a gentle giant, if you will, from, <laughs> from everything that we've read and kind of, kind of talked about. But now we'll move on to yet another one here. Uh, another pitcher here for the Rockies. One Daryl Kyle. who One of the more notable names that they've had 
in their history of free agent signings and acquisitions. And we'll go now for his career breakdown of one Daryl Kyle. Daryl Kyle, right-handed pitcher, uh, born in 1968 in Garden Grove, California. Um, he passed away in, in 2002 at the age of 33. He was originally drafted by the Houston Astros in the 30th round of the 87 draft um, out of uh, out of college. He made his major league debut as a member of the Houston Astros in 1991, and he played his last game June 18th of 2002 while he was a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. But he came over to Colorado as – as you said, in a, you know, big free agent signing in 1997, you know, he had some really good years with the really good years with the Houston Astros and then signed as a free agent to the, with the Rockies. And that only lasted for two seasons. Um, when the Rockies then traded him with Luther Hackman and Dave Veers to the Cardinals for many Avar, Brent Butler, Rick Crusher, and, Jose Jimenez. Um, he then played, uh, you know, those next three seasons, three and a half seasons with the Cardinals. Uh, when he was with the Rockies, he was number 57. Throughout his whole career, he was number 57. He was a three-time All-Star uh, with, the, with the Astros and one time with the, um, with the Cardinals as soon as he left Colorado. And he ended up winning 20 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, <laughs> won't beat around the bush. He struggled in Colorado, and it was kind of like so many pitchers then pitching in the mile-high air during that time didn't pan out too well for anybody. And so oh, part of the Rocky strategy of that time of trying to bring in a good you know, free agent signing who's had – a history of success. It just didn't translate to pitching at Coors there in 98 and 99, where unfortunately he led the league in losses in 98, though he did lead the league in game started with 35. So look at his career. Yeah, he struggled, but dude was a workhorse in Colorado. Oh, yeah. He, he ate up the innings. 230 innings pitched in that 98 season. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, that's... That's a grind. That's a grinder right there. Yeah, he he lost 17 games, but he also won 13 games. Mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, that's that's impressive. Um, you know, the thing about Daryl Kyle that I always remember when he was with Houston, he was known for that curveball. It was a tight 12-6er, boom, the hammer. And so everybody, you know, bring him to Colorado and he'll be able to figure it out. But sadly, you know, we see we see pitchers come into Coors. Clayton Kershaw doesn't have an issue because it, it's just boom. But in that time, that early '90s, the late you know that late 1990s, early 2000s, a lot of pitchers would they just couldn't find that spin, that grip to have all the success that they had before, and that was part of the problem is with the Rockies and those those years of, all right, we're going to spend some good money. Okay. You know, this isn't, uh, you know, the, we got the, you know, the, those, the, the Hampton deal or the Denny Nagel deal. This Daryl Kyle was like, all right, we're not paying hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and we're getting a solid, solid guy. And I think in those two years, yes, he wasn't an all-star. Did he, you know, his his ERA was, you know, five twenty to six sixty, uh, but looking at that innings pitched, four hundred twenty one innings pitched in those two years. Mm-hmm. You know, I would what I wouldn't give for Rocky starter in two thousand twenty three to have the to eat up those kind of innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at things and uh, was one really like top moment for him in that 98 season pitching wise. And this is courtesy of Noah Yingling. And this is an old article over on Rockspile 
website, but it was Daryl Kyle's gem that he threw in 1998, near the end of the season against the Miami or against the Florida Marlins at the time. Uh, he had only given, he only gave up one hit entering the ninth inning, he bunt single in the third. And then in the ninth inning, he gave up a leadoff triple, uh, Dunwoody and Edgar Renteria got an RBI ground up to score him, but that was the only run that the Marlins would get. Rockies had scored three runs. And so by the end of it, his final line score looked nine innings pitch, two hits, one run, two walks, five strikeouts on 110 pitches. So there were probably glimpses throughout that time with the Rockies where he would show those glimpses of why they signed him and you know, instances like that. And Reading another article, who's remembering Daryl Kyle, one of baseball's good guys, where he never made excuses for the struggles at Coors Field or pitching in Colorado. No, owned up to the mistakes and just always appreciate when guys aren't shrinking away to make excuses, but they own up to it. Like, yeah, I just need to, I need to pitch better. I need to do those things. And no, he was that type of guy, and was never one to make excuses for his own struggles, and just. One, I'm sure one to tackle that challenge of Coors Field and figure it out to, to help the team and help his teammates. Yeah, and, and I think we uh, we mentioned this, I think, in our last episode when we talked about all the Jamies, um, how Jamie Wright had commented about the influence that Daryl Kyle had on him um, as Jamie Wright became a, a major leaguer up with the Rockies. and. Daryl Kyle was there during that time to, you know, to mentor him and make a, make a very positive impact on him as a young player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of tough for him with, or kind of tough with him passing away just suddenly in his hotel. Oh, and the had to cancel the, they canceled the game. I believe the next day, uh, just kind of out of respect. It's just kind of the shock of it, and yeah, it was he. He had just he had just pitched four days earlier. You know, he's uh-huh. getting pretty close to his you know his spot in the rotation again, and and um, you know the once again you know the the heart. Mm-hmm. And it was the thing that's touching though that you know, that his buddy Joe Girardi, another former Rocky was kind of one to, to break the news and announce kind of what was going on was the one to kind of announce what was going on to the fans and, and everybody No, but a, a tough moment there for you know, a good friend of his in Joe Girardi and uh, a tough situation. Just kind of that, that shock all of a sudden, same with some of these guys that just kind of suddenly lost too soon because Daryl Kyle was having a fantastic resurgence when he went to St. Louis change the scenery and immediately helps them lead them to an NL championship. And then just to kind of just suddenly all of a sudden he's gone is a really tough thing. And I know Rockies fans, I think just recently they finally issued his number again, I believe to Tommy Doyle, a current Rocky because they were holding off until the Cardinals handed a, finally put it back into circulation and then the Rockies did it as well because they just had so much respect for Daryl Kyle and his contributions and just kind of out of his memory and respect for it. And so it took them quite a while until they finally put that number back into circulation, which was kind of cool to think about. <laughs> Those are things you don't think about. Like, yeah, I've never thought of a guy wearing 57 or <laughs> whatever. But now it's back in rotation because oh, they they finally reissued it and they're waiting until somebody kind of broke that ice. Yeah, but, you know, and, and Daryl Kyle, that, you know, my memories of him is is that just grinding and, like you said, his accountability. And he's like, yeah, I knew it would be tough, so, you know, coming here to Colorado. I'm up for the challenge. And, and it didn't pan out like everybody hoped it would. But, you know, still respectable time with the Rockies. It was cool to see as he went to the Cardinals, a resurgence that next year he was an all-star and back to really helping them out. And the, the, the last thing that I always think of Daryl, I just loved 
his last name, the, the Kyle spelt K I L E. One of my best friends, his name's Kyle, but you know, just the normal Kyle spelling. <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, if I ever had to give a name, you know, in respect to my buddy to put Kyle to, to the name, middle name or anything, but I would spell it Daryl Kyle way. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, that, again, like we said, wasn't the best Rockies career, but still didn't tarnish his entire history. You know, it was more of the, the Coors Field beasts. Like all those pitches, they just couldn't conquer it there in the 90s. And but still a solid, solid pitcher. And you could see why the Rockies wanted to sign him. And you know, he showed that when he went to the Cardinals and everything. But again, another one of those guys, a solid overall career, really solid career. It just ended too abruptly and came to an end too soon for Daryl Kyle. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. But before we end here, Dustin, we can add on one more here uh, that we had found in one Mario Encarnacion. Uh, didn't have a long career with the Rockies, but was a Rocky nonetheless for 20 games in one season. And he also uh, passed away in 2005. Uh, but we'll have you do his quick career breakdown here. Just, and this was, this is a surprise. I know the Rockies have had an Encarnacion and I just didn't realize who it was. Mario, Mario Encarnacion. He was left fielder, batter right, through right. Uh, was born in 1975 from the Dominican Republic. And he, he passed away in 2005 while in Taiwan. Uh, he made his major league debut with the Rockies in 2001. And he played that season. And then he went on to play in 2002 with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, his last major league game was in 2002. Um, that first month of the 2002 season. With the Rockies, he was number 44. And he then went on to to play overseas and have you know really a, a good a good career, but you know he was he was uh, with the with the he was involved in some you know a lot of little things uh, transactions. You know he was originally signed by the Athlon the Oakland Athletics in 1994 as a free agent, and then. Traded by the Athletics, Blitz, and Jose Ortiz to the Rockies for Jermaine Dye. And that's one that people don't realize that Jermaine Dye, his name was with the Rockies. Um, then he got, in 2002, selected off of waivers. Um, then he kind of tried to bounce around Expos, Cardinals, and then went overseas. And just played in those 20 games with the Rockies in 2001, near the end of the season, after an injury to Mark Little. And he comes up, uh, walked in his first two plate appearances with the Rockies against the Milwaukee Brewers. Was a staple in that outfield with Larry Walker and Juan Pierre through the end of that season in the outfield. End up 226, 284, 242 slash line for. His time with the Rockies, that's 67 plate appearances, had 14 hits, three runs scored, one double, three RBIs, two stolen bases, 14 strikeouts, and five walks in his time. So a really short-lived career, but you know, he got to be a big leaguer, you know, even if it was just for a short time, and got to play in an outfit with two Rockies legends, two notable names for Rockies history. And in that 2001 season, got to spend time with the Rockies organization. 
Yeah, and that's you know, giving a shout out. You you made he made it to the big leagues, and you know to be in that outfield with those guys and those players, an awesome mm-hmm. experience. Uh, like I was saying before, like I said before, after that, you know, <laughs> even then there was kind of some, oops, uh, we're check verifying some age, and you're a little older than what you are. Um, but then he went overseas and played. Uh, played in the Southern Korean uh, Baseball League, went over to the Chinese Professional Baseball League, and had some really good success for those few years Mm -hmm. um, while he was playing overseas. Seen here and passed away just kind of suddenly again out there in Taiwan and found him in his hotel and, you know, it kind of a and one of those tough things just kind of all of a sudden it, it happens that I like to see here. One of the things I found that in 2006, the Sacramento river cats and the Sacramento B writer, Marcos Breton uh, established the Mario Encarnacion and humanitarian award, which is given annually to athletes who inspire others through their story, lead by example and are role models to others. So another one of those guys were, where yeah, he didn't have the longest you know, baseball career in the majors, didn't have a ton of success, but his stuff off the field was really you know, impactful and carried even more weight than what he was able to do on the diamond. Yeah, and, and you know that I think that that really sums up these four individuals that we talked about here of you know, as, as Rockies, they didn't have the, the all-star success, but I really think that all of them were all-star characters, all-star uh, people that made a positive impact to, to those around them. And mm-hmm. they give us, you know, some, some of those, those baseball moments, but more than anything, those, those good human being moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, as we we sum it up with all these these five players and it's that we want to talk about tonight again we our condolences and thoughts go out to their families you know and hope hopefully they know that these guys you know left a lasting impact even on on fans and you know the other people that they came into contact in their lives or yeah we we view them as baseball players as fans and that's sometimes all they are to us as we just think of them as baseball players. But so we've seen with all five of these, there were more than that. So much more than just baseball players. There are much more than the stats on the back of the baseball card. But they're just good, good, solid human beings. Like you said, all-star human beings, all-star characters. And so in terms of Rockies fans, it's good to always remember them and you know, remember the people behind the the numbers on the back of the jersey remember the names on the back and what they all what a lot of these guys stood for and what they're able to accomplish in their lives and in their careers but i think that that's going to do it here for this edition of every rocky ever as always we appreciate you tuning in with us and and chatting along and we'll continue to try and get some more engagement over there on twitter and figure out who else we need to talk to get some more people on here uh, hopefully get some more guests trying to cook those up see if we can get squared away whether it's just me here with them or we'll try to get dustin here with them too but whoever we can get we'd love to have any former players on former coaches all that good stuff reporters that we're working on uh, but let us know on twitter you can follow us at every rocky ever it's every e-v-e-r-y r-o-c-k-i e-v-e-r on Twitter, you can also follow at Rocky, R-O-C-K-Y, M-T-N, Rooftop. On Twitter, you can follow me at Sideline underscore Crowd. And we've also got Dustin's at Mr. T Spanish. Or, well, he's not as active on there, but you can always go find him on the twi- on the TikToks. More, is there more can kicking into trash can content coming? Well, we're, we're getting back into the swing of things, getting kids back ready for you know back into the school routines but we need behaviors to
level out before they get to receive some <laughs> trick shots and whatnot. So we can't go right out of the bat, right out of the bat, you know, woo, you know, we got to, you got to work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. So that, and I'm still not into shape kicking, kicking form yet. New shoes. It just got to figure out the trajectory. Got to think of some more, you know, better things. Got to get some baseball technique put in there to some different trick shots. So mm-hmm. we'll be, we're cooking some stuff up. We'll get there. Same here as well on every Rocky ever. And again, a reminder fans, if you want to win four free tickets to a week one NFL game of your choice, go to contest.fansfirstsports.com to fill out the appropriate information and be officially entered into that contest to win. Uh, contest ends on September 4th. Dustin, as always, appreciate you hopping on. It's always fun talking about Rockies players as we continue to go through the history of the team. Again, let us know what what players you'd like us to talk about. Share your memories, guys, and everything. We're here for you to celebrate these guys together here, especially after 30 years of Rockies baseball. I'm Skyler. That's Dustin. We'll see you next time. Farewell. Adios.